0: The Comedy Zone Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved.
1: From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone podcast for the week of July 22nd. I can't believe it's already July 22nd. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thank you for tuning in. We have a, another fun show for you again this week. And we're back in the studio, which is kind of crazy. Last week, we're kind of all over the the country, sort of. It's always fun to see the handsome face of this specimen in front of me here. Uh, you know him, you love him. He's the man behind the curtain, Brian Baltashevitz. How you doing, buddy? Hello, Jason. How are you, sir? I am doing pretty good. There's a saga that started last week. Yeah, I I mean, this is drama. This got it's got everything. Drama. There's laughing, crying. (laughs) I mean, do you currently have a home? (laughs) Currently, yes. (laughs) Okay, and the good news is
2: we have landed someplace. Come on. So, as of as of literally, so as we record this, it's Tuesday evening as of about 20, well, 20 hours ago, we found out that wow, we got, we got approved for the place that we were hoping to get, which is fantastic. And uh, so we'll be moving at the beginning of September. Okay. It's a
1: mini and drama. September. I thought this was <laughs> going to be a saga. I even said
2: it. I, I was a little concerned it would be yeah. like, you know, we get closer because we have to be out of our current house by September 13th. Which gave finish. us about a two-week window to find a place. Wow, you know, that's crazy, to get man. everything moving and packed right. and, and so yeah. So we we to
1: dig up the bodies and move them. I get it. We have
2: landed. We have landed on our feet, so we're very excited about the place. Actually, the place is really, really cool. Is there an address?
1: Um, can we tell everybody I mean, where? You're... <laughs> there is an address.
2: There's. It's a physical uh, address. We can get mail. Wow. Okay. Um, the, the this garbage is... pickup, running water, all the things. <laughs> But yeah, so we're we're you know more details as we get closer to to the the big event. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we're very excited. We got the place we wanted, so that was
1: man. Great. That was I mean I got to be honest. I think it was Kenyon that really motivated you to <laughs> to get a place last week. I was feeling pretty okay about it until he started <laughs> pointing out all the things that could
2: go wrong in yeah. the process. I was like oh shit, are he, we gonna be
1: okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a, a logic about him that really kind he of. Does. Put us all on our heels there, but yeah, I don't, uh, the, I don't uh, think
2: we can talk again. Can <laughs> yeah, can. that was a, it's
1: a weird rift now between you guys. <laughs> but uh, man, that that really actually puts me at ease. I'm sure yeah, you're at gorgeous. ease about yeah. it. And, yeah. and uh, you got the cat. The cat can go. The cat. The cat will be coming with us.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Yep. We're we're yeah. It's a good. We'll. There's a huge patio where there will be plenty of social events and uh, barbecuing taking place all right so it's 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 a very very cool
1: place I'm making a bold assumption that I will be there and I will of course you will be absolutely that will be fun I mean to see Tara let's let's be honest yeah well
2: you can see me anytime
1: (laughs) Uh, good for you buddy that's that's fantastic Uh, I I don't want to waste any time we're in the studio we're hanging out we're having we're having uh, can I say we're having a beer sure I think you just did we're having beers that's right back from (laughs) Atlanta I'm I'm literally still a couple days of of uh, before I will officially be caught up with sleep though was a, uh, that was crazy, and it was a big deal. I don't want to waste any time. We have uh, uh, another great special guest on the show. I would say he's been ducking me, but we've been trying to do this <laughs> for a while. And this guy, he's a, he's a pure stand-up comedian. He's a powerful joke writer with literally an unmatched dryness. It's, it's amazing. You'll know what I mean in a couple seconds. Nothing is off-limits for him, I think. And he's able to make fun of literally anything. He crushes wherever he goes. He leaves scorched earth behind him from laughter. He does it his way, and it works. <laughs> I've seen him crush a hundred times, and there's there's no sign of him stopping. He's a regular opener for Tom Segura, Doug Stanhope, among other people. He has a podcast called Indecorous Comedy that you really don't want to miss. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Carlos Valencia. Oh,
0: thank you. You really nailed that intro that I sent you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Usually people fuck it up at some point. Yeah, but, just, oh, I'm sorry. Can I say yeah. it? Oh my goodness. Fucking A. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's so do it. I don't want to get banned We're, already. We are just had <laughs> a show yesterday where I got heckled. I was like, what the hell, man? I'm just my first time back at the Evening Muse. Yeah. And I'm already getting fucking shit. Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's dive right into that because that was so
1: spectacularly selfish of a human being because it was great you were doing great everyone was
0: loud. oh i thought it. you were talking about me
2: <laughs> it was,
1: man.
0: yeah i don't know i mean you go ahead because the thing is like i was i was just doing my set and i couldn't understand I, I couldn't hear what the guy was saying because i was waiting the guy was way in the back i just knew somebody was being loud and then later on i found out Part of the loudness was other people trying to telling him to shut up. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: But I was just like, I'm, I'm only doing, because it was an open mic sort of thing. Right. And I'm like, it's, I only have six minutes. If I address this guy, that's going to eat up yeah. the rest of the set. And might even go longer. And I don't want to, you know, make my set go even longer because I know, like, after me, there were still like 10, 15 people that were supposed to. Because it's a mixed music, like music. Yeah. And it was Don's birthday. And it was Don's birthday. And I'm like, I'm not trying to turn this into some adversarial thing. But if I'm up there and there's a bunch of noise coming from the back and I don't address it, then at some point it becomes like, well, what's wrong with Carlos? Does he not hear this (laughs) shit? I mean, what the fuck is wrong with him? Yeah. So at one point I had to be like, well, okay, there's somebody yelling in the back. What's going on? And I'm like, even then I'm like, I don't know. Do I address (laughs) this or do I not? Because I don't have enough time. Right. Well, because normally you will light them up. Yeah. If it was my show, like that's the thing. like If it was my show, okay, then all right, we're getting, we're doing this. But it wasn't my show. It was not, I was not. The headliner or, or whatever was—I yeah. was just one tiny little piece of a big show that was sure. also supposed to be celebrating Don's birth. Does everybody know? Do we need to explain who Don yeah. is? Don
1: Coster, the owner of, uh, uh, co-owner of the Evening Muse, yeah. one of our favorite
0: human beings. Absolutely, uh, he's a great dude. I—I I recorded my last album at the Evening Muse, yeah. so I love it, Don. And I'm like, I'm not trying to turn this into some oh. adversarial thing, some because you know we're all there to have a good time. And yeah, but then I was like, okay, I don't know if I can. But eventually, the guy. I guess they, well, this is where you have to take over because I couldn't see. First of all, I couldn't hear what he was saying. And I couldn't see him because he was way in the back. But I just basically, the guy, I noticed it quieted down. And so I told one more, I had to cut the bit that I was already doing because I was like, there's no time to finish. The distraction.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: So I just went into another bit that I knew was way shorter and I could finish rapidly and just get off the stage. And then after I got off the stage, I, th- I think you might have been the first one because you always come after me. After I do a set, you're always like, man, you're the greatest, and all that stuff. <laughs> so I was like, I always expect I don't you. Know if yeah, that's... no, see, I, no, I do. Yeah, I remember. So, so you're the first person I saw after my set, and you're the kind of, you're what, you're actually the first person that explained to me what actually yeah. was going on. Yeah, the guy basically, you, the,
1: uh, Patricia joke. I'll call, call it that.
0: Yeah. Uh, he started
1: the infamous Patricia joke. Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy says, uh, you know, that's not funny. That's you're being racist. That's not funny. Mm-hmm. And immediate, I mean, listen, it, you're not going to do that shit at the evening news with all of us there who are fans of comedy, fans of what's going on. It was just, you know, it was surrounded by our people. And immediately people were like, shut up, stop talking yeah. right now. Uh, hey, if I hear a guy who, who who's doing a joke I don't like, I'm going to tell him about it. Everyone, everyone literally was like, all right, shut the fuck up. Don, and I don't want to put words in Don's mouth, but I know Don went and said, I saw a little bit of this point in action. It's my birthday. And the guy was basically moved to the door like, Hit the road,
0: man. That's what, that's what, yeah, eventually that's what people told me. And that's where, like, that was the weirdest part for me to understand because it was just like, oh, yeah, he was saying you're being racist. And I'm like, (laughs) like, I don't, like, I'll be the first to admit, I've told jokes before that can be, that can be interpreted as racist if you're a dumbass, Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) But that night, I, like, I don't, I was, because I was, as soon as I heard that, I was, like, going through my head, like, what jokes did I tell? Because I couldn't remember any that were racial or racist. And I just couldn't, and then, and but that was what everybody was saying. It's like, what is, what did this guy fucking yeah. hear that thought he? Th- and a lot of times, I mean, it's not the, it's not the first time shit like this has happened. But sure. so I'm kind of used to it in a sense that, that a lot of times there is no logical explanation to it. Yeah. It's just they heard some word that triggered them, and they stopped listening after that. Like I could say some, uh, I don't know, I can't think of any right now. But if I just said some word that triggers somebody. And then the rest of the bit is about how could the rest of it could be about how you should never say that word, i would I would never have a bit like that. but I, I yeah. could be trashing racists for the rest of the bit. But they just heard the one word, and that's all they care about. They right. just heard one word. they stopped listening. And if they feel entitled enough, like this guy, they feel that they have to stop the show. yeah, like I, it's because I, I I've said this before, and I said it to plenty of people last night because it just happened again. But I don't mind if you don't like my jokes. you have every right not to find me funny. Right. I'm not going that you're wrong if you don't think I'm funny, but the right that you don't have is to tell other people that they can't find it funny. Right. That's right. when I have a problem with it is when yeah. people are like, I don't think that's funny and nobody else should laugh at him. And the right. other part of the show was just that my set, at least it was going fine up to that point.
1: Well, th- yeah, that was, that's the part that frustrates me. Everything you just said was that guy felt so entitled to open his mouth and literally yell to the stage. That's not funny. You're not funny. Stop what you're doing. It's like, wait a minute. There's literally 100 people in here. Everyone's laughing at every joke. Everyone's having a good time. It's not like there was even this groan or whatever. People were getting it. It's a comedy show. It's funny.
0: It would have been. Yeah, because it would have been a different thing if I was just bombing into silence for the whole set. Yeah. Mm Yeah. And then then you could at least, I mean, I still think it's a asshole move to yell out to any performer, Yeah. but at least there would have been some logic to him being like, you're not funny because like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, nobody's laughing. Okay. Maybe you have a point. Sure. Right. But <laughs> I don't, but everybody was having a good time. And I was talking to somebody after that show last night and they brought up a thing that I've said before, which when I get really angry, I don't usually get angry for with hecklers because I'm most of them are just drunk. And sure, I'm a drunk, you know? so like I can understand. <laughs> so usually, I I treat it at least at first approach. I'm like, listen, dude, I know you, you know you're trying to be funny or whatever, but I got this. I've been doing mm-hmm. comedy long enough that. I don't I don't need your help, it's all right right and if right. they if it keeps and keeps and keeps going then okay, then we're gonna have to have a problem here sure but i i I don't usually just off the bat treat it as like you piece of shit asshole. like i, right, I try to right but the time well, again that, you're a pro you you diffuse first and uh, we, yeah, I try to at least and but then when I really've lost it, I've lost it a, a handful of times like i maybe I don't know even I don't even know five times, but I've, the few times that I have lost it like it's because not so much because I'm offended by what they said. But when they say something like, you're not funny, to me, it's whatever. I've been doing this long enough that I don't care. If I wasn't funny, then I wouldn't still be doing this 15 years in. But people that say that sort of thing can just as easily say it to somebody that's a year in or two years in that are still insecure about doing stand up. And so hearing shit like that might just destroy you. Like if you're a newbie and you're doing a show, And some asshole yells out, you're not funny, or you suck, or all that shit. That might be enough to discourage you from ever trying it again. Like, if I had heard that when I was about two years in, it might have, because I was very insecure when I started out. I was very scared. And so you hear that shit when you're still not sure somebody tells you you're not funny, you might think like, well, you know, maybe I'm not funny. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this shit. So that's, those are the times that I really, really lose it because it's like this person felt so entitled. They felt their opinion was so important that it overrode the consequences of maybe crushing this person's dream. Yeah. So that's when I really lose it. That's unforgivable. I, yeah, I can't. And that's like, I, last time that happened that I can remember at least was at Petra's here in Charlotte. Mm. And this guy, I don't know what joke he got angry you can never tell. Him. But he got angry <laughs> at some joke. And he has, he has that same sort of saying you're not funny or whatever. And and I just went after him. I was just like, because you performed at Petra's. Like yeah. the bar is not that far from the stage. Sure, right. Like maybe there's like maybe two lines of tables before yeah. the bar. Yeah. So he's like right there. And so basically I went through that whole thing. I went through like you're you're a piece of shit entitled, like a, cause that and then I even ended up breaking them. Mike's thing because I didn't realize how angry I was that I broke the top part of it. I still yeah. feel bad about that, <laughs> but uh, but I usually don't lose it, and if I lose it, it's because of stuff like that. It's yeah. because of you could have crushed somebody and you didn't care like that, that selfishness where it's like, no, my opinion is, and again, that was another show where everybody was laughing. Sure. But that one person feels entitled. Yeah. And like, I'm more important. Like that's what I wanted to say last night, but I mean, I just didn't want to get into it. But the main difference between me and the guy that was yelling out is that I knew that was not my show. I didn't own that show. Right. I didn't want to make that show about me. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, that guy, didn't give a fuck. It's like, nah, I'm going to, I don't care if everybody's, Having a great time here. Yeah. I need to uh, be the center of attention. It
1: was really bizarre. It was that—that that was one of those moments where I haven't really seen that that much of somebody saying, "I'm so offended that I'm going to blurt out like an inf- like a like a toddler." you know, upset about something, because that's what it was. It was like, you're right, this in, this entitlement. And this is something we talk about on the show. I mean, it, a lot of times this kind of thing comes up, you know, you're talking about taboo, you know, material and mm-hmm. what jokes you can and can't say. And not that there's, you know, ever a no if it's funny, right? That's kind of that cardinal rule. Mm-hmm. And the, but the idea of, of shutting somebody down, because it doesn't fit in your narrative and your sensibilities, It's somehow, yeah, it's just a, it's a ridiculous thing. It's interesting to hear that you that happens every once in a while.
0: And the, I mean, I, I think another part of it too is that gets on my nerves, is because I, I mean, I talk about a lot of different stuff that may some people may may find offensive, like mm-hmm. in a variety of subjects mm-hmm. or genres, and a lot of times these people will be on board for a lot of other edgy shit. Mm -hmm. But once I mentioned the one thing that they don't like, they are like, okay, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, what about all the other shit that I just said? I'm pretty sure some other people would have found that offensive. And also because you're okay with it, it's okay. So whenever it's, whenever something, so you are the one, that uh, deems what's appropriate and what's not right. appropriate. It's that, that sort of hubris and, and selfishness yeah. that I just I can't stand.
1: Yeah, you said it before. I mean, we've had these conversations kind of, kind of at length. And, and it's like, you don't have to think I'm funny. You don't have to think my joke is funny. You can also be offended at my joke but take it outside like you don't have to stay no you're not at gunpoint you don't have to stay here right why you got to ruin it for everybody else because you know
0: yeah i I just again it's one of those like we're not that way so we it's hard to understand having that mentality yeah but obviously there are people that are that way yeah you just have to deal with it i mean i remember when i started because i was never really good with hecklers starting out i was just scared enough to be on stage (laughs) (laughs) well it's a scary place to be yeah it is so you know I was when I started, you know, it's not gonna take long before you're gonna run into people either just being loud or yelling some random shit out. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, I would talk to comics that had been doing longer than me, and they're like, Yeah, I mean, this is it's part that's part of doing stand up you have to deal with these hecklers. And I'm like, I, no, that's not what I got into this for. I didn't get, <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to tell jokes. I write jokes. Then I get on stage, I tell the jokes, and then you laugh at them, and then I get off the stage. (laughs) Like, that's all I need. They're like, well, you know, this, but the hecklers. And unfortunately, it's true. It's like, as much as I don't think it should be, I mean, that's not still, it isn't isn't why I signed up for stand-up is to deal with rowdy audience members or people getting offended. It's just inevitable. It's the reality of it. You're going to run into it, and you're going to have to find some sort of way of dealing with it, at least until maybe you become a, theater act or something and then you yeah. have other people that can take care of it. So
1: you let's talk about where where you started and when you started. A year in the game 15 years. Where yeah. where are you at in your life when you start doing stand up comedy?
0: I was just finishing college. I think I was in my last year of college. I was 25 mm-hmm. and I decided it was one of those things where I was just like ah, I don't have anything going on. I was kind of depressed. I was like super depressed. Yeah. So I was just like I don't have nothing to lose. Life sucks. So I'll try this comedy shit. Stand up <laughs> shit. And uh Oh, you gotta love that,
1: right? It's just, like diving right into this comedy shit. I mean, uh, it was just like I did not
0: like uh, how much worse can it get? And, right. and it could get and apparently it could get a lot worse. That's apparently. what I found out yeah. once I started doing stand up. <laughs> I uh yeah. I
1: can't literally can't imagine you doing anything else
0: though. But the thing, you well, that's that's interesting for me to hear because I I think that about other people, other comics that have been doing it for a long time, you know, even before I started and I'm like, how could you have done anything else? Yeah. But I, I literally, I was the, I never thought, cause I always, that I'd be a Santa comic cause I always was scared of public speaking, like mm. deathly afraid of public speaking, like, Like, you know, you have to do presentations in front of class when you're in school and shit. If I found out in advance what date that was, I would be sick that day. Like, I'm not showing up. I would try to avoid it at all costs. And, you know, you you can only avoid it so many times. So I did have to do it a few times, and I was just nervous as fuck. Like, I would just stare at the back wall, not look at anybody. Where like the, you know, the class is like, wave like we're down here sort of shit. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to look at anybody. You know what I mean? It was like the scary but I did write jokes just because I was a big fan of uh, Letterman back in the day. Sure. And then Conan after that. So I always thought, well, you know, maybe I have funny ideas sometimes and, uh. Like at work, I would joke around and people would be like, Oh, you should do stand up. I'm like, There's no fucking way I'm ever doing stand up. But I wrote jokes and I'm like, Maybe I could be a writer sometime. Sure. That would have been my natural
1: sort of thought. Be like, yeah. Because yeah.
0: I'm like, I'm never getting on stage, but maybe I could yeah. write jokes for Conan or Letterman or whatever. And But then, it, you know, when that did happen, when it was just, I was just at my lowest point, like I was going through a breakup and uh, some relative of uh, mine had passed away and stuff like that. I was like, "Well, fucking, all right, let's try this thing." And I'm not gonna say it was great. It actually took a while before it was anywhere near okay, <laughs> but it wasn't horrible enough that it discouraged me from ever doing. Like the first time I ever did yeah. stand up was at the comedies on the old one in, uh, not the very first one, but the the, the second on, on college. On college, yeah, right. right. Yeah, because I think the first one was on Independence, and yeah. the, I never did that. But the one on college, because I didn't know what. The, how did you? Uh, how you do stand up? Like, I don't know if anybody does, unless right. your dad's a stand-up or your mom's a standup. Sure. I feel exactly the same way growing up. You I know. had no idea. I didn't even know that there was comedy outside of comedy clubs before I did comedy. Yeah. I thought, if you're going to see a stand-up show, you got to go to the comedy club. I didn't know there was bars and breweries. Well, at that point, there weren't many breweries, but bars and just yeah. any kind of cafe and shit. So, I just went to the website of the Comedy Zone, and they had, coincidentally, around that time, they had a competition. It was called the Carnival Cruise Challenge. Hmm. And it was like, if you won this shit, you go on a cruise. Like, you get booked on a cruise. Yeah. I didn't know anything about comedy, but I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll do this. Right. So I signed up for it. They had preliminaries, and then they picked 10 to make it to the finals. But the great thing about the way that worked was the preliminaries, No, no there was no audience. Which you would think it's a nightmare, but in my case, it was good because... When I went up, I didn't get much of a reaction. Like, I got a couple of laughs from the judges, which felt nice. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it wasn't like there was raw, raucous laughter, but nobody was getting raucous laughter. Because everybody, everybody in the audience was comics, and most of them were just paying attention to their own sets, sure. trying yeah. to think about what what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then when they're done, they're not sticking around to, you know, look watch everybody else. <laughs> right. So even though I didn't get very many laughs, neither did all these other pros. Because everybody else, not everybody, but a lot of like, I, that's the first time I ever saw Paul Hooper was there. Tim Kidd. Like a lot of these guys that I know now that are friends of mine were yeah. on that show that I later got later got to know. And they weren't getting any laughs either. Yeah. So when I got up and I didn't get any laughs, I was like, well, yeah. I got as much of a reaction. So yeah, par, par for the course. Yeah, not, exactly. Yeah. So it worked. So it wasn't. even though i didn't kill or anything it was not discouraging enough for me to be like okay i'm never doing this again (laughs) and then after that it was a little more uh then it took me like two or three months before i did it again because there just wasn't an open mic like the comedy zone didn't have an open mic right and i had to just like i don't know where where do i go now right and i looked in creative loafing and in the classifieds they had like uh comedy show open mic at this place called sk net cafe which is down by oh that's the, the the world famous well charlotte yeah, famous charlotte famous yeah uh, down famous. by cpcc yeah elizabeth uh, ave right yeah on elizabeth ave and which later turned into crown station and right. then now i don't know what i think it's a parking lot now i don't know what it is now yeah. so so i, I went th- <laughs> the actual little classified ad says like come out and then uh, if you if we like you we will put you in our our touring group. I was like, there was no fucking touring group. <laughs> like, like I went in there thinking I'm like, oh, this is an audition to like all big right. time get on the road. So was like, there was no fucking touring <laughs> group. I think they did one show in Davidson, and that was about all they did. Oh, that's awesome. But I but I went and I did it a few times. I was nervous as hell, and you know it was whatever. Eventually, I finally started getting enough laughs that some of the other comics liked me enough that they kind of brought me into their group. Yeah. So that's, that's why when I kept doing it more often and, you know, slowly. That's kind of what it takes,
1: right? You get, get some, uh, some acceptance from your peers. Yeah. You make friends, which is, I kind of don't care what anybody says. Like that's an important part of this, oh yeah, the, for sure. the the camaraderie, especially about people in the same sort of skill level that you're at, that you're growing together. You're growing as mm-hmm. comics together. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. So you're doing that. So how how long before you're getting uh, like paid work? Like what? I mean, have you uh, had it for
0: a couple of years. Like it was, was like, um, it was at least a couple of weeks before I was getting paid. <laughs> I had See, to. It that was, was, it, a, was, a, sh- it, was a, it. Was a rough couple of weeks. You're <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 a rocket trajectory to yeah, getting yeah. paid <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I think honestly, at that point, it was. I think later that year, they opened a, a, a little comedy zone in Matthews. You know, South of Charlotte. I vaguely remember this. actually. Yeah. yeah. And they they started booking MCs from the local scene. So I would say uh, maybe about a year later, I w- I was doing like little MCs. That's back when MC paid. That's, yeah, right. <laughs> that's like really? gold, the golden era. <laughs> uh, yes. So and then they stopped paying after a while. When that's when I stopped uh, doing it. But it was, I think, yeah. about around. A year late, six to nine months later is when that little club opened. And yeah, like uh, back in the day, the rotation would be like me and Joe Zimmerman and Rory Karf, who does movies now. And just I don't. I'm trying oh, to Rory. Oh, yes, I, he do does I, like a lot of thirty for thirty. Thirty for thirties. Yeah, that's right.
1: right. I know him from the
0: film side, actually.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know him personally. Like I know of him. He's he's like pretty famous and.
0: Yeah, he's uh, done very well. Yeah, uh, but back then he was just doing uh, the open mics with us. Justin Chambliss or Jay Bliss. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sid Davis. Those are the ones that I can think of right now that are still. Still yeah, around. like that's the who's who of like a Charlotte comedy. Honestly, I mean, so that we were run. doing those rounds yeah. of like rotating, and then other people that just aren't doing stand up anymore. So yeah. we would get it would, I think it was like Thursday through Saturday, and I think it paid maybe I don't, I don't know, like maybe hundred and fifty dollars. But I was like, great, dude! It's like, oh yeah. shit, I'm getting paid yeah. to do stand up comedy, and it was brutal too <laughs> those days, man. Because I I used to work on the weekends at Wacovia which is Wolf Sargo wow. now. And I would have to fucking, cause I would work Saturdays and Sundays. So I would do Friday show and I'm MC. And so you're there till the fucking bitter end. You can't mm-hmm. leave early. Yeah. Now, right. Cause you got to close the show out. So I'm there till at least 1230. And then I go home to get up like around 6 AM to work 12 hours and as soon as I'm done with my 12-hour shift, I have to drive to Matthews to host again. And get, probably
1: haul ass to haul do it. ass yeah. to
0: get there, and then be there again till 12:31 <laughs> in the morning, and then get up again, five, six in the morning the next day to work another 12 hours on Sunday. It was, but I mean, I had that energy to do it back then. Yeah, I, right. I wouldn't be doing that now, yeah. but but <laughs> back then I would be like, yeah, fuck it, you know, show in Duluth, Minnesota. Fuck it, we'll do yeah. it, man. Yeah, well, you're 90. what you're seventy two now. Yes, yeah,
1: right. right. I feel seventy two. Right. Yeah, <laughs> this is a gray haired guy saying mm-hmm. that to you. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's awesome. All right, so I mean, was there a time where where you are thinking I can I can actually do this? I'm going to make a career out of this. I mean, was it in that moment? Was it then? Yeah. Or was it? I, I assume it's somewhere where where people get to featuring where they're just like, you know what, maybe I can pull this off.
0: I mean, I it, it, the thought was there. Like that's a. Like on 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 my podcast, Indecorous podcast, (laughs) Uh, Indecorous comedy shit. I fucked up the name of my (laughs) own fucking (laughs) podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like anybody's gonna know how to spell Indecorous anyway. I spelled it three different ways on my little I N D E C O R O -O U S. That's how I remember it. My co-host, Bobby, uh, came up with a sing-songy way of saying it. But uh, we've, we've talked, we answered questions. And one of the questions that we got recently was, what was your worst day job before you did stand-up comedy? Love it. And I honestly, I've had uh, some shitty jobs. Like I worked at a furniture factory for a while. And I worked at Sears, like unloading trucks. And that was more physically demanding. And as a job, they, it sucked more. Yeah. But the worst time that I ever had a day job was when I was working at Wachovia. And it overlapped with stand-up. Because at that point, I was like, god damn it, I could be doing stand-up. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, I'm stuck in this. I didn't work at at a branch. I worked like they have some big offices up by the university area. And I would be there for 12 hours just thinking like, man, why the fuck am I here? I could be doing, which it wasn't necessarily true that I could be just doing stand-up because I wasn't getting solid enough bookings (laughs) to be like. But the thought that I possibly could be doing just stand-up. So the two, I think it was like two, three years that it overlapped. Those were the worst. Right. Just thinking about, man, I could be doing And then eventually what happened was I had enough gigs booked that I would have had to have taken. I would have either had to turn down the gigs or, or quit my job. And I'm like, well, stand up is what I want to do. So I just, I called them. I'm like, listen, I'm pretty sure I can't take three weeks off yeah. PTO. Right. And they were like, yeah, no, you can't do that. So I was like, well, um, I guess I'm not coming back because I got three weeks of gigs and that was the end of that. But then, you know, that that was January. And then February I got nothing. So you know what I mean? It wasn't like I had 52 weeks. It was just that one month. But to me, it was just like, all right, this is this is gonna be it. Cause I, I just did not want to turn down gigs at that yeah. point. I was just like, even though I know this is not a very smart economical uh decision right now i i have to do it because comedy was not a smart economic oh no decision. absolutely not. <laughs> not at all no, no but it but again i mean it did get to that point where i was just like well this is kind of uh the the fork on the road man is like all right are you going to start turning down gigs or are you going to go all in and uh, and i was like all right well i guess i go all in yeah that's uh, that's a beautiful thing. I th- I've had that
1: some similar thing happen with, in film work, and I think any sort of time there's a passion for a certain kind of uh, a job that you're doing, an art or whatever it is. I think there is that crossroads at some point where you have to say, you know, even even going up in film, going from a production assistant to a, to location management or whatever. At some point, you have to stop taking PA gigs, and you got to start holding out for. The, the 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 location gigs i think i think it's exactly what you're talking about it's a scary place to be it can are
0: you talking about like because i'm not familiar with the lingo but are you talking about like holding out on getting lesser position gigs over yeah. okay you start telling production managers and coordinators who hire you it's like hey listen i i just
1: want to do location work now they're not going to stop asking you to be a pa
0: well i mean so. yeah that that just to put it in stand-up terms i had to run into that when i started featuring I mean, and and you'll run into it again when you do from you transition from featuring. I remember when I first started featuring, one of the bookers was like, "Well, man, listen, we can start featuring you," uh, but then you'll only be able to do whatever gig maybe twice a year, or I could MC you four or five times. And I think if you did the math, I probably would have made more money MCing five times than um, featuring just twice. Yeah, maybe uh, those times. But my whole point is like, well, no, I gotta I gotta move forward, man. Right. And at some point you're also gonna have to and then especially when you go from feature to headliner, you gotta be like at some places like, man, I've I've featured that gig enough. I can't I mean I'm I'm and I still to these to this day, I'll still feature some stuff if it's my first time at a club. Sure. Cause you know, I don't I understand if a if a club owner or a booker is like, I haven't really seen you, man. I can't really right. give you a headlining gig without seeing you first. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. I'll feature. But at some point you're gonna have to be like, well. Hey man i gotta a headline it and then a lot of a lot of bookers will be like well then i can't do that and then you're gonna be like, well fine yeah i mean it's not a person it's nothing personal but it's like you either draw that line somewhere or it's just never gonna or it's never gonna happen mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 if it was easy everybody would we would be doing it yeah
1: well so this is a good time for us to take a break here if you guys want to see carlos valencia check out carlos v and you can find indecorous comedy uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and uh, we'll be right back
2: At Ortho Carolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my
1: way. Schedule your appointment today at OrthoCarolina.com.
2: Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked. Plus, the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org BPA Broadway.
0: Wash your hands,
2: avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
0: At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule
1: your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Comedy Zone podcast. We're here with the uh, very funny Carlos Valencia having a good time. So what have we learned so far? Don't yell out at one of Carlos's shows. I'm surprised we learned anything. Yeah, Yeah. there will be consequences. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Sometimes you got to take the leap. And, you know, that you left a job at the place where they keep all the money to do stand up <laughs> where they, where they no never job. let you keep any money. That's <laughs> no <right>. money. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. So I want to talk a little bit about this indecorous comedy and tell everybody a little bit about what it is and, and what you guys kind of want to accomplish and who's your partner in that.
0: What I want to accomplish is just getting people to know that indecorous is a word, basically. <laughs> I did not realize how how rare this word was. Oh, really? The thing is, like, I didn't even come up with it, but I do it with two other guys, Ian and Bobby. They're my co-hosts. They're guys that I've known. Ian, I know. Ian started comedy before I started comedy. Really? Ian started comedy before Joe Zimmerman's because Joe is like six months ahead of me
1: doesn't sound like, you know, Ian and Bob's last name, though. Is what is. Oh,
0: I do. But here's the thing. They don't want me to say it out loud. Oh, come on. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I don't know. If, we were like off. We were, I don't know if I should mention it, but it, like we were talking about the difficulties of getting your the name of your podcast out there and get it advertised. Try doing a podcast with two other guys that won't. Put their names yeah. on the fucking podcast. That's a re- This is real. You're not. Oh, listening. I'm not kidding, dude. I'm like, I, <laughs> oh my God, Ian. He does have a last name, <laughs> which we never say. Wow. And Bobby. That's not even his real name. We, we, <laughs> he goes by Bobby. You know who he is. I'm you know sure who I Bobby do. is. Wow. I, I can't say his name out loud. But You'll tell he, me after. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you. But the he runs a uh, Airbnb. So, oh, of course I do. Now, yeah, I, so you know who i talk to. I did about. have
1: an inkling. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: he's scared that if he says something controversial on the podcast, it's gonna the people are gonna leave bad reviews or something. Could, <laughs> that couldn't be more Bobby. <laughs> yeah, 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 knowing yeah, knowing yeah, yeah.
1: Bobby, that literally is so
0: his brand. Yes. Uh, it is. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'm I'm in a podcast with two guys that refuse to put their name on it. So it's all on me <laughs> to put it out there. Oh my god. Yeah, which is you know comes with its difficulties. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, it's fun. I don't even. I don't even remember what the question. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In progress. Uh, yeah. So E. I
2: just so want so to make sure I'm understanding this. Yeah. So you've got two co-hosts who don't want to give their real names. Yes. And a word that nobody knows in the title. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Awesome. We're fucking marketing geniuses uh, here.
0: <laughs> yeah. What could go wrong? This is I, success I, written all over it. I actually just thought about this because we had my buddy Matt Davis on, and we were talking about because Matt is a uh, very, very smart, very funny comic. And I told so I was like, Matt, have you ever heard this word? And he was like, no. And I'm like, fuck, if you don't know this word, <laughs> we're really fucked. And, but the thing is, I think Ian's the one that came up with it in Decorous. He brought it up. And when he said it, I'm like, oh, that sounds a lot like, because it basically means just like uncouth and mm-hmm. like every, every other, every word that people have used to describe my comedy, basically just, uh, Oh. and and we actually at the start of the podcast we do start it out with like indecorous means blah 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 I can and give a couple more words for your okay you give, we <laughs> don't think we have enough time I think that's the end of the podcast everybody. <laughs> thank you for being here uh, Jason I appreciate uh, you okay. making the time
1: hey, is this not mine anymore okay, okay. Uh,
0: but I think what happened was he brought it up Ian brought it up and I'm like yeah that's perfect I didn't realize how rare the word was and I think the reason I didn't is because <laughs> in Spanish it's not as rare of a word indecoroso in is this, oh, it's yeah. just same, the same word. And it's not that uncommon in Spanish. So I guess somewhere in my head, it mixed it up and I'm like, yeah, that's a common enough word. Yeah. <laughs> and then fuck no, because <laughs> nobody knows what, let alone people don't know, they don't know how to spell it. So they don't even know how to find yeah, a right. podcast. Is there a K <laughs>
2: in there somewhere? Yeah, yeah, right.
0: So it's like three Ks. <laughs> so I don't even know how to uh, really put it out there because if I say the word, people don't know. So I'm like, mm. we've had several discussions about renaming the podcast. So I'm going, we, we've done season like we did season one and then we took like a two week break and we're about to finish season two. So I think when we start season three, we we've been, I think it's going to be called a Comedy Zone podcast. Oh, That's right. what we're going for season yeah. three. Yeah. It's
1: not going to get as much None attention as you think, stuff. actually. <laughs> no, <right. laughs> you'd think that'd be a home run. You, yeah. Damn it. Yeah, you'd think. It is uh, <laughs> not.
0: But basically, <laughs> so to answer your question, if I can even remember it at this point. Uh, well, tell me about the podcast. What's it, what's yeah. the theme and style? Like it's basically we have segments because the thing is like. It's not a spelling contest. No, is it's what I, not. I Okay. We have segments where I mean it's it's changed a bit from season one to season two but I did want to even from the get-go have uh, some sort of theme to it. I didn't want it to be just me Bobby and Ian shooting the shit because yeah. I think there's a lot of podcasts that are like just hey we're the pals that shoot the shit yeah I'm like, oh, no. like who cares about us man at least it's yeah. famous people shooting the shit right you know that that makes people care but not us. Sure. So basically, we made it our theme where it's kind of an educational podcast like we do. We have different segments, but our main segment is always like a deep dive on what is something that's kind of a fucked up history type of thing. Oh, right on. Like we just we just recently did like the the dark history of the FDA and mm-hmm. like like shit like that or medieval jobs and shit, shit that's fucked up but you know can still make it funny yeah right so that's our main segment so you'll actually it is funny but you also get to like learn some shit and then this season our basic format has been we answer listener questions and then we do some weird news thing and then we do our little deep dive and then the end segment it's we always mix it up but it's basically yeah we try to do shit that i mean you're gonna learn something but also, we're just having fun while we do it. And we always have at least, uh, well, not always. There's been a couple of episodes we didn't have a guest, but mostly we have comic guests. We've always had right. comic, either stand up or sketch or improv comics right on. come in and be guests on the podcast. So that's, you know, and I think it helps to have that variety because otherwise I think you might get a little stale. Get a
1: little stale. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Like, I, I would love to learn some of the other. Can you think of any of the other ones? Like, I love the idea of like a medieval job that maybe doesn't even exist anymore. There that's was like cleaning up the dead bodies from like torture devices. Like, like, like one of the – Clean up, man. <laughs> I don't there know. Was,
0: actually, when you bring that up, I, like, I, I do remember one of the jobs was just like cleaning the latrines of the king or whatever, or the oh. royals or whatever. Like that was a job. Like right. you were the guy in charge of – I guess because, you know, if you're the king, you can't just have – the guy that cleans all the other toilets, clean your toilet. You got to have an exclusive <laughs> special, you got special, special poop. toilet. That's right. It's right. Yeah, that's right. So you got to have some special guy. Dude, well,
1: It is divine poop if you really want to.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it that's true. That's true. Divine right. Divine, divine <laughs> right poop. I And actually, one thing that I remember we learned, I learned at least from the first season is that apparently during the filming of The Wizard of Oz, these midgets were having orgies left and right. Deaf filming, yeah. Did you know about that? You no, heard no. about this, Brian? Yeah, there's you a heard movie. About- Chevy
2: Chase was in a movie called I want to say Under the Rainbow, uh, that's all about the midgets during the making of The Wizard oh. of Oz. And it's and
1: we're not really so supposed it. to say the M word, guys. Oh, sorry, <laughs> <if you> guys. <laughs> sorry, it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had it up
0: right. to here with midgets. <laughs> it. It's a great, yeah. that guy didn't yell at that, no, he didn't that's the one I would have been okay with him I, yelling at. Yeah, you can't. But yeah, apparently these midgets would because apparently I don't know if it's <laughs> He, you know, dug, he oh, dove sorry. right in. Yeah, I apologize. These uh, <laughs> uh, deplorables were in the <laughs> but they they were going they were going nuts because apparently it was the biggest like gathering of them since they mm-hmm. since ever and they were having orgies all over the place and like they were going its like they were they tried to hit on. Uh, what's her Judy Garland oh, all the really? time and like try to like molest her and shit I'm like wow. this is just that crazy. lollipop guild they weren't kidding <laughs> yeah, were they, no, dude. <laughs> they <And weren't> like- <laughs> yeah so like <laughs> shit like that that I, I was like I had no idea that this was a thing and then there's like other shit like because the thing about did you, they let
1: Tolly's in or I mean like, apparently they want a Judy in there tallies like tall people oh is that Nor- what you call them normal size people yes yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I should now, say boring size people see, now I'm, I'm offended by the yeah tallies. i don't <laughs> yeah. Know, I didn't know there was gonna be this
0: kind of language yeah, on the right, podcast yeah. For the tallies i'm going sh- listen i'm a shortest good lord yeah i should be talking i'm a fucking five foot six <laughs> uh but yeah shit like that i mean like and apparently that's respect i've never heard that before i never heard that before yeah, that all, sounds crazy it's yeah. all true apparently there's also some website. Or, or it's a thing where some people are trying on purpose to get AIDS. Whoa. Like it's a thing. It's a thing. They want They call it paused. They want to get po- pod, which is po- short for positive, uh, wow. HIV positive. And that's their whole thing. They like want to get eight because I guess it's treatable now. So it's a thing amongst some people right. that they're going to be like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get paused. And I'm like, what? This is the most that's so bizarre. disturbing yeah, thing I've really heard. And, but that's the kind of sort of thing that I've. I, I don't so know. So you were it. like,
1: this is how I want to spend my time. I <laughs> yeah. want to di- dive into the... the
0: learning. Humanity. Learning.
1: <laughs> that's what I call it. Learning. You're going to invoke the
0: learning. That's a good thing uh, about... Ian good. Ian is on Reddit all the time. I'm never on Reddit. And mm-hmm. apparently there's all kinds of disturbing shit. Yeah. Red- Reddit.
1: R- Reddit is a... Uh, it seems like a pretty seedy... It can be. It, it sounds like be, a seedy yeah. place. I mean, I think there's, there's probably like polar... Polarized sort of things there. Where it's like... There's it's probably some beautiful... You know human interest stories on Reddit, and then there's like you know people who like to get their penis
0: cut off. or something. Yeah, like and that that's usually where Ian <laughs> I don't know got, why I went there. That's but it, where but well, it, once you <laughs> can only do it
1: once. So that's the
2: thing. <laughs> <Right>? You <laughs> might really like it, but it's, <laughs> it's only happened it
0: once. <laughs> <laughs> we did just one. The last one that we did, it was like weird deaths, and this one dude killed himself uh, like in protest because they were like evicting him from his apartment or some shit, and with a chainsaw. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm like, what in the fuck, dude? That's some commitment right there, man. Yeah. Like I would. Even if I thought about that, I would get about a half a second into it. I'm like, nah, man, I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah. Got to be some other better way of me doing this. But half he, a
1: second might about.
0: <laughs> might be yeah, about yeah, all yeah. But you. But know. this guy fucking killed himself with a chainsaw. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild. There's definitely a lot of humor in this
0: stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, we try. We try at least. It sounds honestly. It does sound amazing. Well, yeah, that's. I guess that's part of the challenge because sometimes, and again, it's usually Ian that that writes these really dark ones. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know how we're making this money, Ian. Yeah, but <laughs> we try to figure out a way. Well, I got it. so
1: kind of a two parter question then with this, and and I'm, I'm this is becoming something because so many people do podcasts right now, and that's not mm-hmm. a, a that's not a you know negative thing. I don't think. Well, I mean, what is your goal for the podcast? What was what is what was the purpose for it? What is it now? And sort of and then kind of your goal in comedy I mean you going in the, the direction you want to go no, like, I don't. I, your the goals?
0: thing is the the one because it was kind of like a. it's similar to like I was saying earlier that people would say like oh you should do stand up and I'm like I'm not doing that but then eventually I did <laughs> and then yeah. so after I did stand I was like oh well, you should start a podcast I'm like I don't know. Right. So
1: <laughs> you got into it begrudgingly. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, one for one thing I was like, no, no, my buddy uh, Jason does a podcast. <laughs> you know, he might never talk to me again if I start okay. my own podcast. But you you were very magnanimous about my podcast. I was hurt. I, I was hurt, I was hurt uh, but I, but you listen, know what you yeah.
1: You're an individual and I don't want to stifle you're, that you're individuality.
0: That's how I, what's what I've always appreciated about you. <laughs> So, I yeah, mostly it was because it kind of you know, I was just hanging out with those guys and they were like, We should start a podcast. i like, All right, but I will if we do something that's not just like us shooting the shit. Yeah, because right. I just it's just uh, too many guys shooting the shit. So, when we came up with some sort of format that I would liked enough, then we started. And so, really, to answer your question, my goal is. Hopefully we have a Patreon oh, and ideally we would make enough money off the Patreon that it's sustainable just on its sure. own. I mean, we're a long way from that. We have some Patreon supporters, but not enough to be like, okay, this is all that we do. So yeah, that like ideally I would love it to get to that point, And then, from the example that I've seen from other podcasts that are very successful, it seems to translate into if you're, if you're at least a stand-up comic, then people are going to come out to see you. Butts in the seat, right. Because yeah. they know, oh, that's the guy mm-hmm. you know from the podcast that I like. So they'll come out to see you yeah. because they enjoy you on the podcast. I think another thing that I didn't really think about too much and actually realized this when I was touring with Segura is because he would talk about like, I don't know, we did a tour once where he was trying out some new material and he was talking about, oh, I didn't. I, he did some shit in the wrong order or something like, oh, I was supposed to set this up with this so they would understand the later part better or like they could. I don't know the exact wording that he mm-hmm. used, but I'm like, dude, this these crowds that are coming to see you because we were doing theaters at that point, they they know you, dude. It doesn't matter. You don't have to establish yourself. They already know who you are off right. the bat. And the reason that they know who you are is because they listen to your podcast. So they know already whatever joke you tell oh that's Tom that's 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 Tom's sense of humor as opposed to say I go out well I mean it happened sort of last night but anywhere I go if I tell some sort of joke that's kind of racial and they don't know me they might actually think I'm a racist right right because they've never heard me they never they don't know who I am so Mm -hmm. they're like what the fuck this is this guy really racist or sexist or whatever insert the word whereas if people have gotten to know you from the podcast then they already know like, oh, that's, that's just car. Suddenly it's
1: shorthand. Yeah. 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 I Cause get it's so.
0: like, that's how you are with your friends. You know what I mean? Like if you were to tell me a racial jokes, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's Jason, you know, he's racist. <laughs> so like, we already know. Yeah. That's, so I mean, that's his personality. It's a brand for me. <laughs> a brand. But I mean, basically that is, I mean that is the difference between being funny amongst your friends and being funny on stage is that, on stage, unless you're super famous, nobody knows who you are. Right, I've never, never heard a put like that before. Everyone says like, oh, my buddy's so funny. It's right. like, yeah, everyone's in
1: shorthand. They already kind of know. They already who know. Oh, is. that's
0: the funny guy. Wow. But go on stage where nobody knows who the hell you are. And then you tell an off-color joke, for lack of a better way of putting it. And they're like, oh, is this guy really uh, racist? Yeah, right. Whereas if you've established yourself, I mean… In the old days, it was just like you did just did enough specials and stand up that people got to know you that way. Mm -hmm. But now, at least, there's this other outlet through podcasts where if they've heard you on the podcast enough times, they know, like, oh, yeah, Carlos isn't racist. He's not homophobic. That's just, he likes those are the jokes he tells. That's how that's his sense of humor. Right. So, off the bat, they're already willing to give you every break as opposed to how it is now, at least with me, where if I go to Dayton, Ohio, I got to ease them into the harsher jokes. I have to establish first that I'm not a racist, homophobe, sexist, or whatever, because people will make that – as much as as I still think that's kind of ridiculous because you're at a comedy show, you should have the mentality that everything is a joke. But people still will take shit very seriously and actually think that you are genuinely trying to either shit on somebody's race or sexual preference or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it, it eases it it eases the way for you to tell more jokes when people already know who you are as a person.
1: Yeah. No. So that's really really smart. And I also think that's one of the sort of benefits of you know comics don't come out of the out of the gate at two years and they're they're headline doing whatever else. You need all that time to establish to establish who you are. You're getting oh, yeah. yourself into it. Right. Establish that and people know who you are. Now, so you mentioned Tom Segura and I mentioned uh, Dave Stanhope um yeah dave uh, stanhope
0: is a doug stanhope's brother doug. which i'm but a big I just, fan of <laughs> yeah
1: i was thinking it's two like gallagher, at the same gallagher, time. gallagher and gallagher too and i <laughs> 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 yeah doug <laughs> stanhope and stanhope too <laughs> and richard segura and tom oh, yeah and doug and dave tell, tell me how, how you met doug and how you got working with uh, him and his brother
0: <laughs> I can't get into it about his brother that's still I, yeah. hush hush oh really yeah he's very private but I'll tell you about Doug <laughs> I, actually there's, I met him I met him through Joe Zimmerman Joe oh right on. when we were starting out here in, in Charlotte he was the one that would always put on the shows like I've never had that in me I still mm-hmm. don't have it in me where I like, promote my own show like I'll support every show right if you start a show I'll go and I'll perform but I can't Start a show because I suck at promoting. It's like we were talking about earlier about how when you start out in comedy, you know, part of it is like making friends and, you know, meeting the local mm-hmm. scene. I'm a introvert, so I've never really had that in me of being like the guy that's going to network and sort of thing like that. Sure. It, Fortunately, it happened and most comics are... If they if they detect that you have the talent, they'll they'll embrace you. Fortunately, yeah, yeah. You know? so
1: you're right. That is a weird thing, right? It Doesn't matter, kind of who you are. If You're good. Yeah. Even if you're a piece of shit, you're still <laughs> kind of in the. <laughs> well, it, I mean, present company yeah, excluded. Yeah, I just mean sure. it kind of doesn't matter once you if you're good, like people will put up with it because it's kind of it's good. Yeah, to be they'll
0: they'll gravitate towards you. Like I, yeah. I mean, that's another tangent, but I, I kind of. Even when I moved, because after Charlotte, I moved to Atlanta. And when I moved to Atlanta, I didn't. I knew a couple of people. I knew Andy Sanford, and I knew a couple of others. But I didn't know the whole scene. So when I moved there, I'm like, well, I better do my best shit. I better do my A shit while I'm there, right. because nobody knows me here. So I got to establish myself and then once they like oh okay this guy's funny then i can start fucking around and like do a new material and right. that sort of thing yeah. but you are going to kind of have to establish yourself so people and and from my experience at least good comics are going to gravitate towards other people that they you know yeah. also find to be funny yeah right but anyway joe uh, used to run shows in charlotte all the time cuz he did have that in him like he yeah. not only is he a hilarious comic but he had the 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 work ethic to just like i'm going to start a show here i'm going to start a show there and he started a show at a place called The Wine Up in Noda. Yeah. Which know, then yeah. became Salute. Upstage. Now. Yes. Oh, really? It, Salute is there now? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was Wine Up and then it was Upstage and then and now it's Salute. So back in when it was Wine Up, he started shows there and one of the people that he booked was Stanhope. And I don't even know how, but this was back when Stanhope first kind of. Started breaking off from doing stand-up comedy clubs, yeah. where he was just booking bars and because he was, he, I don't think he gets enough credit for being one of the comics that first like broke off from like I'm just gonna I'm not doing the 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 usual comedy club circuit. He was like I'm tired of that shit. I'm gonna do bars, coffee shops, or whatever rock venues. Yeah, right. So I'm assuming Joe must have found out that he was coming through town or something, and sure enough, he booked him. And so I opened that show. And, but I really, I barely got to talk to him because he he had his whole thing and I'm just intimidated too. So I'm like, I'm sure. not going to talk to him.
1: He seems like he would be intimidating. I at, mean, at, at least if, at first. At first. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm, I don't want to, I'll just do my time. I'm out of here. And... Oh, no, I, t- I take that back. I was thinking of Todd Barry. No, I didn't even open that show. I mm-hmm. just heard, I just helped Joe run it. Like I ran the you door. You name
1: dropping. So did you hear that? <laughs> did, yeah, that was. I'm sorry. That, that was, was fantastic. Todd <laughs> Barry, who I. Oh, no, that's him.
0: right. I'm sorry. I misremembered. Yes, right. No, actually, no, it was Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. It was either Seinfeld or Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Anyway, but going back to. Uh, are we doing Doug or Dave Stanhope? I, I think we're it. still talking about Doug. Doug. Okay. <laughs> so I just helped Joe run the door. I just helped him run the show. Like I I wasn't in the actual show. I just helped him run. Right. It. The next year, Joe had already moved away. He had moved to Asheville, but I was still like, man, and so I hit, I think I hit up Joe. I'm like, Hey man, how did you hit up Doug? And that's back when you just like, Hit him up at Doug Stanhope at Hotmail.com. Like that's how you book Doug Stanhope. <laughs> right. is you just sent him an email on Hotmail. And that's what I did. I was like, hey Doug, I saw that you're doing, you're touring. If you want to come through, I helped my buddy Joe with his with the show that you did in Charlotte last year. I'd love to have you back. And he was like, Yeah, I can do these two dates. And I hit up I hit up several venues. He ended up choosing the milestone, the punk rock oh, club. Right on, yeah. Which is right up his alley. And so we did that. I I booked it, and I I actually I emceed because I didn't feel confident enough to feature it. So I got yeah. my buddy Kerry White, who is a guy that took me on the road when I first started out, that helped me out a lot. It was a monster, but he he featured. I emceed. So that like that's when I first really really met him. And then after that, after we did that show, we um, next time that he was touring, his manager Brian Hennigan hit me up about like, Hey, Doug's doing some dates. I think he might've asked me like if I knew of any other dates that he could do. And also like, by that point I was living in Atlanta and he was doing Athens and Charlotte, Asheville. He was doing like a, like a four, four date tour. So since he already knew me, I basically just, I picked him up at the airport and we drove in my car to all the gigs sort of thing. So that's kind of, I would say that's kind of when I first really started to meet him and then when he would come through town, I would open for him and shit like that. And then we did a tour for like two weeks, fifteen uh, dates. That's beautiful. Man. And that's so. That's how I got to know him. But going back to how intimidated, I was very intimidated when I first booked him. Yeah. I was like, when I when I booked him and he called me, I was like, I better not say anything stupid because this guy's gonna destroy me. Because i was yeah. just I just knew him from like his stage persona. Yeah. But when when he actually talked on the phone, I'm like, is this really? Because it seemed like such a normal person, right? Like <laughs> just calm, normal person, and that's the way he is. I mean, like right. you. Off stage, I'm not going to say he's like 100% different, but he's not like trying to go after him like, a hey, oh, you say the wrong thing. I'm going to come after you or yeah, some sort yeah. of like that's what I was expecting. <laughs> but no, he's just one of the nicest people I've ever met. And, yeah, and that's, really cool. that's also been a common theme amongst the better comics or, or great comics that I've met since I started doing stand up comedy. They're all good people. like They're yeah. nice, like the Segura same way. and And I think it's across the board that way because... I think, you know, they're secure enough in what they do. Sure. It's the insecure assholes that they, you know, they know they're not that funny. So yeah. they have to, they're defensive about. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The crusty
1: ones are always sort of the ones you kind of don't really yeah much shit about. And there's, sort of, they're few and far between the, my experience. And that goes for a lot of sort of celebrities that I've met, you know, I think you're right. I think the ones who are, who are kind of shitty are the ones who are kind of don't even have a great self-image or for right. whatever
0: reason they're insecure it's kind of fascinating but the ones that are genuinely talented i think are they're secure enough in themselves why, why are you so cranky then <laughs> what is it <laughs> <laughs> about you that uh, makes? it's uh, you know oh, if we hit on something I Dave Stanhope Dave that's saying, when we this, get to Dave Stanhope. <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know I'll get into it eventually but it's a it's a Dave Stanhope so. yeah, great. Stanhope too as he goes yeah. but you know, I think Stanhope allows him to go by Stanhope too <laughs> now and what is your greatest advantage as a comedian Carlos uh, that's well, I mean being these great podcasts <laughs> you know what I mean if I wasn't a great comedian how else would I be sitting here <laughs> yeah, with uh, the great Jason Allen <laughs> <King? laughs> that's right glad you used all three names I appreciate that absolutely I said, uh, well isn't that what you demand I, is, had to, I had to fucking sign a thing before rider.
1: I can. Yeah, that's right. right. Yep, NDA rider. It's in my full name. All of it. You're I one. don't want to get sued. <laughs> There's a fun thing we do here where we I like to ask comics to. Uh, what is? I their... was wondering
0: when it was going to get fun. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Uh, what is a pet peeve that you uh, see in comedy here in the comedy game? It's a really fun chance for you to say something like, "Well, comics will hold against you later." It's nice.
0: I am very annoyed. I get very annoyed when comics laugh too much at their own jokes. Right. And and, I, and I'll chuckle at some of my jokes. So I'll admit that I, I I do that sometimes. I'll either crack a smile or chuckle because mostly when I do it is because I, I, I like seeing, I'll, I'll, I'll tell some off color joke and just the reaction of the audience kind of makes right. me. Right. Right. To, but there's some comics that are just like, like they never, never heard themselves tell that joke before. Yeah. And they're like laughing and, laugh, and I'm like, dude, you've, told this joke at least <laughs> 10 times this week right. It's still catch, catching you off guard they just said the same thing you just told and it happened i was like they're just laughing at their own joke i'm like <laughs> i guess it's a good is that
1: why do you think they do that because it's not that funny in there you're just trying to fill the, like i
0: think they the do it for it. the same reason that sitcoms have laugh tracks because it gives the audience a cue of like, this is when you laugh. This is the time. Yeah. Because, all right. Oh, well, he's laughing at this. So I guess we should be laughing as well. <laughs> yeah. not, not, I mean, and it's not necessarily always that case. Because, I mean, there's yeah. comics that I love that I that I genuinely saw and they're friends. I mean, and I, and I think they're they're great comics that still do that where, where I think it's like ah oh, they probably just do that just because I mean I don't know maybe they just always have done that and just yeah. can't get break break away from it so there are good comics genuinely that do I mean sure. I was just having a conversation on uh, my podcast Indecorous Comedy <laughs> about how can you spell that? I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S got it Yeah, you're, I didn't even notice this myself but somebody else pointed it out to me that and, and it was a long time ago so people so comics might not be doing this but apparently, Chappelle, for a while, he might still be doing it. He would tell a joke and then knock the oh, microphone gee, on his yeah. thigh or something like yeah, that. Like, yeah, oh, my God, what yeah. I just said is so funny that I just have to, like... This is the only way I can yeah. get it. I'm kind of dropping the mic down and so hitting my like, leg. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. Really? Yes. Yeah. And it's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> so he's a genius. So yeah, you got to fucking allow Dave Chappelle to do yeah. whatever. But apparently <laughs> a lot of comics apparently had been um, taking that too at that point. I don't know if there still are. But oh, I, I'm still seeing it. Yeah. you still seeing I it? i okay. it out there. So before. yeah, it's like, dude, man, Chappelle gets a break. You don't get a Chappelle. break. You know what I mean? He, <laughs> you're not that hilarious that yes. you're fucking supposed to be knocking the microphone against your thigh because that you're right. that fucking hilarious and hilarious.
1: now everyone's doing it so yeah. it's just yes there's an originality issue there I, I i like that one
0: what is yours i imagine you've answered this question before uh,
1: i have I, I one of my go-to's is if someone on stage says what else that's when i bring uh, like every single week i kind of i kind of hate that yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure. I mean, someone being being dirty because it's the only way they can get a laugh
0: when they first start out like that. I can. I can that hear that trope a little bit. Actually, and this one would go back to what we were talking about earlier with hecklers. Is one? I, I'm very. I'll, I'll premise this, or no? Is it premise or it's preface? Preface. Yeah, I, I I keep saying premise, and then Bobby on the last podcast said, no, it's 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 preface. Well, I don't know. I think Pre still works. <laughs> still before the thing I'm gonna say. Anyway, indecorous comedy. Indecorous comedy. <laughs> I said I, I that I'm very forgiving with new comics. Like I'm because I'm, I made yeah. so many. I, I did so many stupid things when I was starting out that when I see newer comics and open mics doing stupid shit, I'm like, you're you're learning. It's baby yeah, steps. Sure. Or whatever. So I, I am I am very uh, willing to look. You know what does it look? uh, Just look past it. Look past it, exactly. So, but this is what I see, comics.
1: We know each other so well, they're finishing each other's sandwiches.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) Comics, newer comics, often err on the fact that like, if somebody heckles, They just try to go on full Bill Hicks, Lenny Bruce, like you're a fucking piece of shit. Why the fuck are you? Like I saw once at an open mic once, I saw this guy railing on somebody because they were laughing too much. Like your laughter is getting in the way of me being able to deliver my bit. I'm like, dude, that's what you want. You want people to laugh. If you can't handle laughter, then this is not the business for you. But yeah, like a lot of newer comics I think <laughs> default to that. They're like, Oh, yeah. this person just says, Well, you're a piece of shit, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you die and get cancer aids right. and like, come on, man. Yeah, It's just like, just deal with, like I was saying earlier, I was like, I'm a drunk, I, deal, I realize a lot of people are drunk too, so I'm like, eh, yeah. it's okay, man, I can, you know, I can handle it. So I, I would put that also, but that's that's mostly uh, pet peeve amongst uh, newer comics. Yeah, now, I think fair. professionals or guys that have been doing it for a long time and girls that yeah. have been doing it for a long time, they don't. They don't, you know, they don't there, default to that.
1: There is one that, that here, here's another one. And this might, this might hit you a little bit. Cause I'm curious. Cause I am because i do not know if this is something you do full on, but I've noticed that a lot of comics and I mean, headliners, like t- famous people will come out and be like, no, I'm going to tell some jokes tonight. And I don't want anyone going online tomorrow and telling everybody how, uh, you know, I, I'm racist, I am. And this is, these are jokes that where they have to do this whole. Oh, that's a thing. This whole. Yes. I haven't seen so, that experience. And this it. is mainly in 2019. I just haven't seen no yeah, okay. people in 2020 where it just seemed like everywhere I went and they were all mad at the audiences right at the start. It was like, just parade them with this is a comedy show. Laugh at this shit. God yeah. damn it. You don't laugh at this shit and you go and tell this and that person and get me
0: in trouble and blah. I was like, hey, man, that's go not,
1: go, no. go do your jokes. What, what are you doing here? You're like, yeah.
0: That's, I mean, and also, if you are telling edgy jokes, you can't be like, because that's almost already apologizing in advance or almost like being like, hey, yeah, I'm about to say some shit, and, uh, but uh, no, don't be all like uptight about it. Yeah. That's not going to work. Like, that's the thing is like, if you're going to do edgy material, you got to own it. It's kind of playing your hand a little bit,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think
0: so. I think, I think you're think right. You're, yeah. you're sabotaging yourself. I mean, I'm sure they don't even realize it when they do it, but yeah. they are kind of doing that. You know, I yeah. haven't I haven't seen that happen as much, but it's what it sounds like to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And yeah any, any apologizing uh, again for, for new comics that are up there saying, you know, Oh, well this is new or yeah. Yeah, you probably won't like this. Anytime there's any sort of semblance of taking taking your legs out from under you. It's like, ah, we're at an open mic anyway. Yes. We know that this stuff isn't whatever, like don't,
0: you know, I know. And, and I think it's good to say, to say this and hopefully somebody hears it. Yeah. But, again because i've made all the mistakes that i made when i started out when i see it and and i'm more willing to forgive it just because you're starting out like if you're still doing that shit five six seven years in then i'm like all right come on man but if you're starting out then i'm i'm willing to forgive all kinds of things like i hear i was just at the local open mic a couple of weeks ago and i had heard some comics tell some jokes that i'm like i've heard that joke a million times but i'm not gonna yell at this guy I'm like because there were jokes that I was telling when I started out that I didn't realize had been sure, done right sure if you're not involved in in this world you don't realize how many jokes have already been told yeah right so I'm not gonna you know mm-hmm. but it is but it does it's still in the back of my head annoys me sure well, yeah yeah
1: now, when when you're at open mics and you know, we I see at open mics sometimes you really don't let new comics talk to you. You keep them away from you. You don't want anyone around you. you well, do I want try to, to give advice. Or well, anything. that's why
0: I talk to you is because I know they will not approach you. So it's like <laughs> you're like my defense. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. we can't get you know nah. fucking Jason King. Will they have to get permission, yeah, yeah,
1: before they talk Here to you. You're my muscle,
0: dude. You're <laughs> my muscle. That's, that's how fine. I keep these fucking open mics away that's from right. me, man. You're uh, you
1: are super uh, generous and genuine with with new comics comics is that uh why do you think
0: that is i mean i don't know i I wouldn't characterize it that way i just think unless you give me a reason to not want to talk to you i'm going to talk to you you know what i mean and i think any just in regular life sort of thing so i'm not gonna i give people the benefit of the doubt so unless you're fucking annoying uh you know we'll get along and when it comes to comedy in particular specifically yeah if there's a new comic that wants to talk to me i'm like i'm yeah sure right i mean i don't I know i want to say that i did that i actually didn't do it that, that much because i was so introverted and just like i remember <laughs> there's another kind of a, a side story but i worked with a tell you guys heard of david tell oh, david so Tell I worked with a stand-up famous people God, familiar, famous people david he, tell. Got, got him david tell. Tell, yeah <laughs> i worked i i would i think i was just MCing, and my buddy matt davis was featuring at the punchline in atlanta and it was great because I fucking love David Tell. Like of course, He's yeah, the one of the, like Stan Hope and tell are like up there with like in, in the pantheon. Yeah. And, but I was very intimidated because it's fucking David Tell. So yeah. like, I'm just MCing. I'm just like, I'm going to do my job. I go and I introduce him. I do my time and then I do my duties, whatever. Yeah. And then my buddy, but my buddy, Matt had known Attel for a few years at that point. So they were more friendly and Attel at some point, Matt's the one that told me this later. tell at some point, Asked Matt, it's like, does Carlos not like me? Like, he doesn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> he doesn't talk to me. David <laughs> Tell worried the MC doesn't like me. <laughs> That's classic. That's the okay. most
1: David Tell singer I think and, that I've ever heard. And so
0: I was like, no, dude, I love the guy. That's why I don't want to annoy him. <laughs> right. And I was the same way with, with Stanhope when I first met. And actually, that story came up again when we did Birmingham. That's where Matt was. And Matt did a spot at the Stanhope show. And we were talking about that, how hotel had said that, and then Stanhope's like, "Yeah, that's why I like Carlos driving me around because he doesn't fucking talk. Like, he just, <laughs> he's not annoying, right?" So it's like, as much as I like to think that, okay, Stanhope brought me on the road because he likes my comedy. Part of it is probably just because I'm I'm not fucking talking his ear off. Dude, that's it's been a good hang. Again, yeah, that's, that's a right. common yeah. theme. But. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing. I didn't err on the on the side of trying to annoy the headliners too much because I just mm. I'm not that guy. Right. But I know that that sometimes that's what you have to do. Dude, like to if you're going to learn or because, again, like sure. we were talking about earlier, it's like, how do you do stand up comedy? How do you even get started? And there's no fucking manual on this. No, right. like, you, some kind of course on college is like, oh, I want right. to be a stand up comic. So you got to figure it out. And the only way to figure it out is by asking people or at least sure. that's the quickest way. Mm-hmm. So when comics that are trying to figure it out for like a better way of putting it, approach me about it, I'm like, I'll tell you I'm fine with mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I know. I can't tell you how it's done. I don't think there's any definitive answer to that or how to make it for lack of a better way of putting it, but I'll give you whatever information I have. And if it helps, it helps. What I, what I will say though, is that I do not, or at least I try to avoid giving unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to tell you, Oh, Hey man, you shouldn't be doing that. Or you should be doing this. It's up to, if you come to me, and you're like, right. hey, because it's ha- it has happened a few times where people are like, hey, what did you think about my set? And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm, I was just concentrating on my set. I, I'm sorry it wasn't pinned. But if you sure. want me to pay attention, let me know in advance. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'll pay attention and I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. But you have to tell me in advance because I don't feel I'm still kind of surprised when people ask me that to pay attention to their sets. And I'm flattered by it that they sure. wouldn't even care what my opinion was. But you have to let me know in advance because I'm not going to automatically assume that, right, like, oh, right. well, you, they want me to pay attention to their set. You're it's, not going to
1: sit back and just quietly judge every person. <laughs> <they> yes, ass, <laughs> right. I was like, oh, that's
0: what they're doing. I'm just going to be back there with, like, a Arr. no, you shouldn't <laughs> have done that. <laughs> that was That's right. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to be the asshole and don't fucking. <laughs>
1: Back. <laughs> that, that's what you are. That's fantastic. Dude, I have, this has been a great conversation. Oh, thanks I really me, appreciate man. you coming in. This Absolutely. is really fantastic. I mean, I only
0: did it just so open micers wouldn't approach me. So I just try to stay yeah. close <laughs> to you. So I was like, I know if I, as long as Jason is around, uh, his open micers will stay the about fuck it. away with me. <laughs> All
1: right. So, a, as we're, uh, uh as we're saying goodbye, uh, I two things. Like who who are those comics out there that maybe we haven't heard of before? That are I don't know they they they're they're not famous but they're on their way they're getting close anybody come to mind that you're like oh you know who I saw this guy in Tennessee and he was fantastic it's
0: or, it's hard to answer that question since I I really haven't been on the road much since COVID yeah well
1: it's fair but it's I mean fair. there
0: but no but there are a lot of guys that that it's it, the other part of that is that it's hard for me to judge who is not really famous as opposed to people that I know because it is like if you're in if you're in the comedy circuit. There's a lot of people there. You're like, yeah, everybody knows that guy. And then, then you tell a random person, and they're like, what? Who the fuck who the are you talking <laughs> about? Sort of thing. But no, there's a there's a lot of. I mean, some of the best. I mean, just Paul Hooper. I love Paul Hooper. He's a good friend yeah, of mine. Absolutely. He's not he's not famous, but he's fucking one of the best Should comics be. I've ever seen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Matt Davis, who I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, he used to do. He still kind of does it, but COVID kind of stopped it. He was doing fucking shows in Mongolia and Serbia and wow. fucking Hungary and shit was like that. Was he killing them? Dude, I mean, I was like, because we just had them on the Gosh. podcast and decorous comedy <laughs> uh, actually this week. And he's amazing. Like, I was like, I met him back when he was still doing like, I met him with when comedy's zone guys. But then at one year he decided, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go international. And I'm like, it's hard enough to get booked in the United States, <laughs> let alone in fucking Bosnia-Herzegovina. You know what I mean? But this dude was doing it, man. Wow. And he was out there. But again, COVID hit. So that fucking ah, fucked man. them all up. But Mad is one of the greatest comics I've ever seen. Mo uh-huh. Alexander is great. Uh, he's uh-huh. not doesn't get enough credit. The guy that I mentioned earlier, Kerry White, he's the guy that he's... Probably the best comic I've ever worked with on the road. Unfortunately, oh. he doesn't do comedy anymore. Oh, really? Oh, that's that's another sad part of it is that there's some, there's some amazing comics that never get the recognition that they should have gotten because they never, for whatever reason, they never hit it big. But yeah, just those guys. I mean, like, okay. I mean, and I'm sure you know if we had enough time, I could mention. No, that's several right. Several others, but yeah, those. No, I appreciate it. that's the uh, names that people might
1: not have heard before. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Matt Davis, Mo Alexander, Carrie White, Paul uh, Hooper. Paul Hooper for sure. Check those guys out. And if anybody wants to see uh, you perform. Got any shows coming out? Like, what are, where are your socials so people can find you?
0: I'm a uh, Twitter is Carlos
1: underscore Valencia. Oh, and let me say, please follow Carlos because it is some of the funny shit that you are <laughs> ever going to hear. One because he's funny. Two because when people come at you, yeah, it is it's poetic it's so beautiful you gotta see
0: it yeah if you want to get me see me get into some arguments especially on facebook yeah facebook.com slash carlos Valencia. i got that one carlos Look Valencia. At you. yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah if you want to see me get into it it, it was worse when when it was trump was a president because then i would really get into people because you're a trumper yeah that's right that's right it's like you do not appreciate the greatest president <laughs> Uh yeah, so it was it was worse then, but I still every now and again, I, like just last night, I got drunk. Well, you were there. What? Yeah, right? yeah, I know it's hard to tell. <laughs> but yeah, it was every now and again I get drunk and I'm like I'm bored. All right, let's fuck with some Trumpers, and I'm just <laughs> and, I, and then it gets into that shit. So yeah, that yeah. that is a thing that happens sometimes, and yeah, uh, yeah I get into it with people, some Very bookers. Good. I'm not gonna mention. No. <laughs>
1: Very good. Well, listen, uh, Carlos Valencia, you're fantastic. Go to carlosvcomedy.com also and uh, follow this guy. See him out whenever you can. See him on tour around the country or here in Charlotte. And yeah, uh, Brian, anything else uh, we want to... Chat about and bring up the Ortho Carolina Queen City Podcast Network. Yeah, uh, you know, queencitypodcastnetwork.com,
2: all kinds of uh, new shows popping up here and there. And uh, don't forget John Reap at the Comedy Zone Woo, this weekend. You're not going to want to miss those shows. And the Queen City Comedy Festival coming up in September. That's exciting stuff. What yeah. does Ortho
0: Carolina do, by the way? I don't know.
2: Ortho um, Carolina is a healthcare provider. They do like joints and bones and things. Awesome. So, like, you know, you mm-hmm. blow out a knee, you're going to go to Ortho Carolina
0: to get that's, a, that's, what's, to up. Get that's up. Yeah. what's up. That's what's up. The only person Carolina. I know who's
1: ever dislocated is knees
0: while sleeping oh, that's right that's right fucking callback oh the, call back. the eye
1: roll wow that was beautiful no, no, thank
0: you that's the only reason I brought that up is like, <laughs> yeah. Jason better fucking bring up he, he better know what I'm setting up here it's T-ball
1: <laughs> that's fantastic cltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule uh, thanks for listening to the Comedy Zone Podcast for Brian Baltashevitz, I'm Jason Allen King and we'll see y'all next week
2: the Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bobashevis. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.